0: Join Black Gay Stuck at Home for a special screening of Patrick N. Polk's The Skinny about five Black Brown University classmates, four gay men, and a lesbian who reunite in New York for a weekend of fun, sin secrets, lies, and drama during New York Pride weekend. Make sure you get your tickets for the July 31st screening at bgsh.com. See you there.
1: Welcome to The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I'm your host, Sensei Raven Akundayo. So this week, we welcome back Queen Jean and Amira Neal as they discuss healing through love and intimacy while trans. Uh, The two of them had come to me a few weeks ago informing me how much they really enjoyed their episode, which was, I believe, three episodes ago, Black Trans Lives Matter, and that they had some uh, some other topics they wanted to discuss. And I, as I had shared with them, and Nia as well, the podcast would always be open to them if they ever wanted to discuss anything. So you'll get to hear from the two of them again this week, and I'm looking forward to it. Also, the lo-fi song that you heard at the beginning of the show was called Pineapple Chunk, and that is by Mujo. You also heard a voice I'm sure all of you are familiar with at this point, Michael Ward, as he was promoting the next movie coming up for Black Gay Stuck at Home this coming Friday, which is Patrick Ian Polk's The Skinny. You'll hear more from him later on in the show. Uh, Also, when we get to good news, I'll be talking about Rustling While Black, Keep Firing, and Black Gay Stuck at Home. So looking forward to all of that. Um, As I've been doing lately, I really haven't been giving you a lot in terms of culture of pop. And a lot of that has to do with what I'll talk about in the check-in. So let's get to the check-in now. So I'm recording this while I'm on a mental health staycation. I started it uh, last Thursday and it goes until tomorrow, which when I'm recording this will be Tuesday. And it was needed. Uh, I've been very transparent with all of you on the podcast about what I've been going through. As far as my mental health. Uh, there are certain things I won't share. Which for me feels awkward. Because I feel like I want to share everything with my misfits who listen. But you know. They say Scorpio is very secretive. It's not that we're secretive. We're just very private people. And we kind of share on a need to know type basis. And... Where I am right now is that there are certain things I just feel like I should keep to myself. In time, I'm fairly certain I'll end up sharing it as well. But just for right now, it just feels better to me to have a few things that I'm not sharing with everyone. Uh, However, I have shared that I'm in therapy and I'll be with my therapist again this week. Uh, There's a lot going on. There's a lot. I wouldn't lie and say that there wasn't. Uh, There's a great deal that's going on as far as me and my mental health where my strengths are where my weaknesses are and it's a fight it's an honest to goodness fight I can say that this staycation isn't everything I wanted it to be because I'm battling still understanding what it means to be still I don't believe that I was very still at all this weekend Um, Or, you know, Thursday until now, I don't believe that I was very still. I don't really know how to not stay busy, uh, which isn't who I've always been. So that's what's interesting to me now is just like being very aware of who I am in this moment and knowing that it isn't who I've always been. I have not always been the kind of person where my mind is going so much that I don't know how to be still. Like right now, I feel like I have to constantly be busy. And every time I get a new idea, I feel like I need to immediately attempt to execute it instead of just allowing myself a moment to breathe. And that definitely hasn't always been me. So I haven't really had a chance to relax uh, because... I don't know I've just been constantly going like I'm recording this during my staycation but in my head I'm like but you have all these things you need to do for the podcast you need to get it done blah 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 all of this other stuff um so I just ask that you all send me love and light and prayers um because it's a lot and it takes me into the second thing about my check-in which is an update on the year of healthy selfishness I feel like I haven't talked about this year's theme a lot. I feel like in the past, for all the different themes, I've talked about them quite a bit. But for this reason, this year, I haven't. And I know that everything happens for a reason. So I believe that there's a purpose behind me naming it the year of healthy selfishness and the f- fact that I've realized this year that I take very little time for myself. I, I always find that These names are given to me for a specific reason. There's a reason why, you know, they come to me when they do and that they are the particular name that they are. And I'm looking at the year of healthy selfishness, like that's what this staycation was supposed to be. It was supposed to be me being selfish in a healthy way and showing up for myself and I haven't really been capable of doing it. So I'm already in my head thinking of when is the next time I can take off. Because I'm like, I need to be able to do this for myself. Um, I'm going home uh, in September, which will be during the three-year anniversary of the mag- I mean, of the magazine, Lord, um, of the podcast. I'll be going home. And in my head, I'm just thinking to myself, will I even be able to relax when I go there? Because in my mind, I'm going to be like, you have so many people you need to see. Think about that. Just think about all the people you need to see and plan it out and blah, blah, blah. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I don't know how, and I'm praying it's not, you know, God saying fit to be like, you need to be still and doing something in a way that, you know, would scare me. Um, I kind of want to take the initiative and do it myself. It's just not easy. It's not easy. Um, I don't know if there's anyone out there who's listening, can, who can understand where I'm coming from. But it's, it's not easy. It just isn't. And it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to to be living it. And not really knowing how to turn off. You know. Uh, which again is not who I've been in the past. Turning off was nothing for me. <laughs> so again I, I don't know what's going on. All I know is that I'm paying attention to this year being the year of healthy selfishness. And hoping that the journey that I'm on with my therapist right now will lead to some positive solutions for where I am as far as my mental health. And that's about it. Uh, (laughs) These days, there's not a lot to the check-in. There's not a lot to culture of pop. I just kind of want to make sure that the misfits are aware of what I'm going through. And, you know, you all can always share with me what's going on with you all as well. Uh, I'll share all of my contact information for myself and for the healing space during Good News. Uh, but right now, we're going to get into the conversation with Amira and Queen Jean. So I hope you all enjoy it. Again, it's healing through love and intimacy while trans. Taking some of these gems, and then I'll see you on the other side. Hey,
2: what's going on, baby love? Hi. Hey, beautiful girl. You looking good today? Oh,
3: thank you. So do you. You look radiant. You have this this candid glow about you.
2: <laughs> thank you. Well, you know how the, a little matte factor helps in, enhance it. But <laughs> I am so glad um, to be back uh, on the Healing Space podcast today and to be holding space. With my beautiful sister. Uh, in case y'all don't know, my name is Queen Jean, Q W E E N, Jean. Uh, and this is my sister, Amira Neal.
3: Hi, everybody. At um, the Vain Beauty on Instagram. Um, that's at the vain Beauty, all one word. I'm not really vain on Instagram. <laughs>
2: But she looks good, y'all. Damn.
3: (laughs) Tell them Uh, your Instagram, sis. Tell them your Instagram.
2: You can find me at Queen uh, Jean, Q-W-E-E-N, underscore J-E-A-N. And we are here today because we are, we just wanted to have a discussion, kitchen table talk, girl talk. Girl um, talk. About healing through love and intimacy when you're a trans person. And we, um, we just really feel like there's a lot of conversations that like we've heard in like the last few months, you know, obviously with everything that's happening uh, in the resilience movement, uh, folks being able to finally have uh, opportunity to speak and to speak without feeling that they'll be antagonized or that they'll be judged for it. So for us, I also feel like we also need this opportunity uh, to share with the world what we go through. And that for us, when we try to navigate love and intimacy, it is something that's very challenging. Um, It often um, is not positive. It often doesn't really feel, for me personally, I don't feel complete uh, in those relationships. And it also
3: says it doesn't... Sometimes it doesn't feel authentic either. I I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to throw that in there that sometimes it it doesn't feel authentic. The authenticity of the love is not... It's not there. It's not there.
2: I mean, this is so interesting because I feel the... I feel that we are always hearing language about like trans love, trans attracted, uh, people who are like cis assuming. I mean, I think that there's a lot of language that is out there, but I feel like people may not understand. I feel like people may not grasp, right? If a man loves a trans person, does that mean that he's gay? Like, I feel like these are conversations that I have with a lot of cisgendered men all the time. And I'm like, dude, boo, like, I can't tell you what the answer is, right? Each person has their own journey. Each person has their own um, path, right? To find the intimacy and love. And if it happens to be with but, a first experience, embrace but, it. But see,
3: when, so, okay. So when society does that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off against this. But wow. like-
2: Go in, baby, go in.
3: When society does that to men, and particularly we, and, to, and particularly black men, because white men don't get flat if they're trans attracted and they're open about it. They don't get that much hoopla. But if a black man is trans attracted and he's open about it, you see what happened. Can we, like, can we talk about Malik Yoba? I mean,
2: Look at me. Message. Yeah,
3: let's talk. talk. Here was a black man. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole logistics of him you know, coming out saying that he was trans attracted. Some people say it was for clout, whatever the case may be. But I don't believe that. Here we have a black man who comes out and say I'm trans attracted. And it was almost like a fucking circus. It was yeah. almost like a circus when this man came out and told the world that he was trans attracted. It was like everybody wanted this man on this talk show on that talk show. And it was just like
2: yeah um I was uh, it felt sensationalized. it felt like it was a spectacle and all the reason and all the while I'm like, but I don't understand what the issue is. trans women are women. Trans men and are. See,
3: men. That's the part right there that society society still do not accept trans women as women. So that's the reason why this whole, well, if I'm a if I'm a heterosexual identifying man and I'm happen to be attracted to a trans woman, does that make me gay? Well, society put that label on me. You understand what I'm saying? So I don't really I don't really think that that that's fair that we we don't that we label these men like this because yeah. I'm not gay if you' sleeping with me you're not gay I'm not a gay man I'm a transgendered woman
2: period a beautiful transgender woman
3: if you. you sleeping with one of my other transgender sisters she is not that's not a man that's a transgender woman.
2: But, you know, but do you feel like sometimes it is about it's about um, the responses or I guess just like how people will receive them? Right. Uh, I-, I can see for myself. Um, oftentimes I feel like when we are in relationships, personally me, um, it always feels like it has to be kept secret. It always feels diminished. It always feels less than. Like I want to be able to be at a Sunday brunch with the girls. don't want to be doing our kids naive uh, and be able to like talk about my relationship with my partner. But the reality is, is like he's someone who's so like, uh, you know, uh, guarded and stealth-like, right? That he doesn't want anyone to know. And I'm just like, well, wait a minute, boo. Uh, that's not going to work for me. That's not going to work for me because I should be celebrated. I should be cherished. I should be someone that you want, right? To tell the world that you're with, um, so for me, and, and in those are relationships. In the, in the beginning, it feels great, right? Because, you know, you have that like physical connection with someone and it ultimately always becomes physical. But for me, I feel like now moving into this um, next part of my life, uh, intimacy is something that I'm really striving towards. Uh, and that intimacy does not have to uh, be always associated with sex. Um, and for me, I think it's something that a lot of men... Um, who are trans attracted or, you know, who uh, desire the body of a trans person. Um, that's what they really solely focus on. And so for me, I like challenge these brothers down here. Um, I'm strong enough to face the world with no reservations. I'm going to need you to be strong as well. Period. If not stronger. Well, they can't be stronger, honey, because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah um what do you feel about that sister like in terms of like men feeling that they have to uh conceal their truth in order to uh maintain respectability um uh, street code honor uh in order to uh maintain uh, the legacy of a black man um that's a lot of questions so so we can like unpack It
3: is. It. Let's try to unpack that.
2: <laughs> you just kind of threw it on me.
3: Ah! We <laughs> unpack it. Um I think because we already kind of like have our as a society, we already kind of have the foot of America in the black man's neck, mm-hmm. right? That we don't really give him much room for nothing else. Wow. Like we don't really give him room for nothing, nothing else. Anything that is abnormal, anything that might seem abnormal, not to say that we are abnormal as transgender individuals, but since the society that we live in, we are. So anything that is not of the normal that a black man does he's gonna be ridiculed times 10. So if I happen to be a highly educated black man who just happens to be attracted to trans women, Hmm. I'm this, I'm that. You know, and, and the double standard with me is how come we live in a society that praises women on women But as soon as it's when it's like a trans situation, a trans attracted man, or two guys on each other, it's like oh my god. But like the whole my girl got a girlfriend. That whole that whole when that whole wave came out, rappers bragging about yeah my girl got a girlfriend. Oh, so it's cool when it's two women on women but if anything besides that, it's a problem.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I also feel like it's something that uh, we as a society, right, as Black excellence, as Black people, we kind of have to unlearn and kind of dismantle these transphobic and these misogynistic ideals, right? Because, yes, same-gender love works uh, in a multitude of ways. Um, and, And it is something that I always feel like uh, the energy that we put, uh, or or sorry, the energy how we embrace uh, someone who is same gender loving varies. Um, even like uh, like a couple weeks ago, or maybe a couple months ago, actually, you know, there was a, a really popular black actor who came out, um, you know, with his partner, and it definitely seemed that they received a lot of love. But then I was like, yeah, but like if someone came out and was like, hey, this is my um, like this is my one, You know Like for example You know If someone's like Hey uh, You know I'm with Laverne Cox You know That's my shorty You know That's my girl That's who I'm rocking with um, I don't know If they would get The same love You know I feel like The Twitter warriors If you,
3: if you don't mind me asking Who was the Who was the black actor
2: That was Nicholas Ash um, He I think I, I, He um, Has been Nicholas on Broadway Nicholas Ash um, he, he, He's been on Broadway And he's also He was also On um, plays Micah on The Green Leaf. Oh, yeah.
3: Queen
2: Sugar. oh Lord. Queen Sugar.
3: And you know, I wonder why, I wonder why is that? Like, why is it always that type of rebuttal? Like, if ever there's like, someone who comes out the closet, and there's like, oh, I'm gay, it's like, oh yeah, go gay, but if they, but if they say, oh, I'm trans or I'm fucking with somebody that's trans, it's like, oh shit.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean to be honest, I just feel like we really need to start as a community. Uh, we have an obligation to continue to love on each other. Um, I feel like personally, we are all, or or at some point, have all met. And face and experience some kind of trauma, whether or not that's physical, verbal, or most like, you know, more than often it's sexually, um, that kind of sexual trauma and violence. So I feel like we don't have an opportunity uh, to heal and so we harbor all of these things that um prohibit us from actually beginning to love uh, prohibit us from loving ourselves prohibit us from having like empathy and like love for someone else who may be different from you who may look different from you who's or, like whose path um, is 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 different from yours but that doesn't mean that they are less than uh, that they don't uh, deserve to have love and i think to me that's something that i really want uh, moving forward that like that that conversation about healing um is centered because that's the only way that we are going to get out of this that's the only way that we are going to be united is if we have an understanding that we can all be together we can all coexist and i don't have to worry that if my homie um is, is bisexual i don't have to worry that if, if my homie um you know is into amir Neel, right if he wants to pursue her right because she's beautiful i mean you're a gorgeous girl, period. So it's like, why is that, um, why does that feel like a burden as as opposed to an opportunity, right, to actually make connection? Right. I agree. Um, (laughs) And do you feel, um, do you feel that there is a difference between love and intimacy? um and i guess we could even say between like sexual contact or you know like what like what are some of those differences for you sister well i
3: mean i kind of feel like love and intimacy go hand in hand you can't have one without the other um but i would have to say intimacy is more of a you know you don't have to it don't always have to be bumping and grinding, you know, to be intimate. It, it, you know, we could just have have a conversation. You know, we could you you could caress my my arm or <laughs> yes. you know, we could just sit down and gaze into each other's eyes without even saying anything. You know, it's a lot of ways you could be intimate with a person mm-hmm. other than just taking their clothes off and screwing them, you know.
2: Girl, sometimes I don't even take the clothes off Child, look, we know the vibes We know the vibes <laughs> And like, what would you feel Is something that Like, what would you want to Say to someone To like a dude who's like, hey um, Is there any advice Or any direction that you would uh, Like give someone Who is trying to um, Be open Someone who's trying to Um trying to embrace someone who's different from them. But like, like what would you help them? I, I mean, not, and not that you have to give them an answer, but are, are there things that you think that they should keep in mind, right? If they're trying to approach the situation? Like, for example, if a dude was like, hey, Amira, I would like to get to know you. What are some things that he should keep in mind before he approaches the queen? Uh,
3: Keep in mind that I am you know, a transgender woman, you know? So gotta keep keep that in mind, you know, be mindful of that. you know, understand that with that there that with that comes traumas that I've experienced, and particularly from from black men. So when you're when you're approaching, you know, kind of approach with caution. But that doesn't mean that you need to be on pins and needles. But it does mean that, you know, you should you should. If you're not going to be serious about about it, about actually pursuing, if it's gonna be more of a just experiment to see whether or not I wanna <sighs> get my rock spot, my rocks on by a tranny or not, then no, you know what I'm saying. That I'm not your girl, but. If it's something real and concrete and you really want to see, then yeah, holla at me. Okay. Don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. And that's kind of where I'm at with it, with men right now. Um, You know, I've tried to open the pond and do the interracial dating thing, but I'm just, listen, I like chocolate. That's my preference. That's my favorite flavor. I can't help it. It's the favorite crayon out the coloring box.
2: Nespresso chocolate, caramel nougat. Oh, yeah, honey, we're down for the chocolate. So,
3: you know, um, when it comes to my brothers, it's just... It's
2: It's hard. It's hard. It's
3: hard. It's hard. It's hard. But it's also, it's not only is it hard for us, Queen, but I know that it's hard for
2: them too. You know, it's something like when I think of that, um, I have some like uh, um, look transparency hour. So I was with the dude for like a year, uh, and it was great. It was really, really exciting. Uh, it, it felt new to me at the time because I was like excited. Uh, he was a gentleman. Um, You know, he helped me, like, well, well, not to hold me down, but he, like, helped me rise in the relationship as well. Uh, You know, we had to be cognizant of our language. Um, My uh, sister Mojo was like, look, we can't be saying that we want dudes to hold us down. That's not what we want anymore. We need for dudes to help rise us up. Um, So he was someone who I felt um, was open to doing that. But it became very clear to me that um, he had a lot of challenges that he could not look past you know that he was like well like i still want to get married um you know i, I like i still want to give uh you know my mom her grandkids and things like that and i was just like um okay what's the problem you know but i think for him he was just so stuck on like having this like traditional ideal way and i was like look boo you're with me so already that traditional shit. Out the door like I feel like there is like we can grow into something together like hey we can approach those things um, on like a united front but ultimately I just felt like I personally felt like I was like fighting to like prove to him and I was like look brother at this point if those are the things that you want and if you feel like you can achieve those with our relationship that's great so I'm gonna help you and I'm gonna move on um, I just, to be honest, it was just like, I was hurt. I was hurt because I was of like, course, of course, that's a reminder that you're going to tell me that somehow that I'm not enough, right? That even though I can look a certain way, I can get my body to be a certain way, even though I've tried to do all these modifications, transformations, um, to help get to my closer and to my true self, I'm still not enough, right? right? That, like, I'm not somehow worthy of like coming around your moms. I'm not worthy of being with your grandma's. Like, I wanna get some of her fried fish. I wanna be with your Auntie Pam getting that good old banana put together. Like, I want that experience. I deserve that experience. So, for me, it's something that when we talk about intimacy and relationships, um, for me, that is what Black love is. I want Black love. I am black love. So for me, it's something that I really, really, really want to challenge um, our brothers out here because it's not easy. It's not easy to just walk out and be in your own lane all the time. It's not easy to live your truth. uh, And And there's
3: so many of them out here that are trans attracted. There are so
2: (laughs) many
3: of them out here that are trans attracted. And you like what the fuck you like, what the fuck?
2: Well, you should love me. <laughs> but I mean, no, I, like I totally agree, sister, I agree. And um, I mean, I just feel that hopefully as we are having more conversations, that like we are also centered uh, and that that we don't have to often um, have rhetoric attached to our narrative right that like I don't I don't want for it' to always be a negative conversation when we're discussing trans women in relationships and dating. It doesn't always have to be negative. It doesn't always have to be attached to sex work. It doesn't always have to be attached to something that seems uh debaucherous or that seems like um, uh, sinful or taboo like this is 2020 we're in an age where representation is important we are out here we have amazing leaders and like public figures who are testaments that we can be uh powerful we can be beautiful we can be people um like we need that access we need access to love as well um that like we just can't always be um an afterthought uh and we can't be
3: i think what you just said was very important um we need access the love as well. Out of everything, out of everything that you said, I think that is the the big thing that I walk away from with with what you just said is just the simple fact that we need access to love as well. Yes, and it's and it's our time. We deserve it. We're out here too, and that's just the bottom line.
2: And you know.
3: And, and sis, if he walking with me and we holding hands and hands, sis, I don't need you to be whispering to your homegirl, well, do he know that's a man, bitch? If he with me, he already know my team. Y'all, you bitches, y'all love to do that shit. You real, you with women. I ain't trying to go...
2: And not all of our queens. Not do that. all
3: of them. Not all of y'all. I ain't trying to go go there, but some of y'all, y'all know who who I'm talking to. You bitches be doing the most. If nine chances out of ten, if he's walking with that trans girl and he's holding her hand and they're walking down the street together, you best believe he already know her too. So what we don't need is for you and your homegirl to be upset and me and my home girl.
2: Okay, cause if you can't go to Bella Milche and talk on Where tell her, can you go? Where the hell can you go? You know, sister, what, what I love about what you're saying is that there is a conceit um, in this, like, theory, right? That, like, trans um, folks, um, that, like, we are deceitful. Yeah, that girl, it's not
3: always, it's not, not always calling for
2: that. That that we're out here trying to goop these niggas. I'm going to say niggas. Boo, fuck that. I don't need to goop or hide anything. I'm living hey. boo. Boo. If you see me out here, I'm living my truth, and I would only ask that you respect that. That that, that I don't I'm...
3: need to, I don't need to hide and and lie to nobody, and I don't need to do that. I don't, It ain't it ain't that. No, this is 2020. We out here,
2: sister. Do you feel? Look, I'm gonna get right to it. Do you feel that there is a, that there is a problem? Uh, with the DL um, conceit of men. And what I mean by that is, is there an issue when we as trans folks um, take in or accept these DL, um, I guess like these, um, these relationships um, about how we navigate through, um, like just like how we navigate I personally feel like I perpetuate a lot of that pain, a lot of the trauma. If I'm like opening my door and my house and my bedroom to someone who doesn't really see me, someone who's like not actually open and truthful with themselves. Um, How do you feel about that? Um.
3: Well, a lot of it has to do with the fact that DL men has always—that's what they do best. They DL. Yeah, and, and
2: then I'm also, you know what
3: I'm saying. Like, I guess, I guess I I don't really state restate the question.
2: Yeah, I guess I'm just asking like, do we feel that? Um, in 2020, do we need to perpetuate relationships with DL men? Do we need to continue to allow them? Uh... We need
3: to stop fucking with DL men. That basic, that's my answer. We need to stop fucking with DL men for 2020 and all moving forward. With
2: it's the just not healthy. The DL
3: men? <laughs> it's just not healthy. It's just not healthy. I know the whole trade and the whole thug and masculine. You can find masculinity from a nigga who gonna walk, walk with you out in the street. You, it's just not, it's just not the whole DL aspect is not worth it. Like, I personally, knowing that she was in my bed the night before, but yet you see me walk down the street and you won't speak to me, but she was just in my bed the night before, that's not gonna work for me. That's just not gonna work for me. That's just not gonna work for me. So, I, yeah, no, uh-huh.
2: you know. So funny because, um, and I will just um, well, maybe I should preface that these experiences that we're talking about are of our own experience, things that we have experienced. I'm not trying to say that this is how every experience is, or this is every person's. No, name.
3: and 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 I want to make sure too that yeah, that I'm that we're speaking, me and Queen are speaking on from me and Queen's experiences. We're not speaking for the whole trans community. No, we are two trans women who are speaking from our experiences. Uh, Notice that I said our experiences.
2: Not
3: everybody else's experiences, no, from our own personal experiences. And I hope that we're clear on that because we're not the guru, we're not the gurus of the trans community, nor are we trying to be We're just trying to give insight on our experiences of where we are and what we have dealt with and what we are dealing with
2: in being transgender. Yeah.
1: That was just
3: a disclaimer. Yeah.
2: Because I would definitely say that for me personally, I think in the beginning, um, Mm -hmm. when I pursued these. these men um and and i think I mean i feel like the language of dl men is also evolving so i definitely want to give honor and grace for that and space for that because uh, i feel like that may also be on a like tide of change and like evolution but i think for me in the beginning i was i was seeking validation and so I think I got an instant validation like when I was with a dude, or like, you know, a dude who presented himself in a way that was um, overly masculine, right? That somehow that that balanced me trying to be overly feminine. Um, that like he uh, just allowed me to be femme and things like that, and the way that he would respond to me, that I was his girl, um, all these things. But I really realized the reality is he was with me, but he didn't see me. He was with me, but he wanted me to cover what's between my legs. He was with me, but he didn't want me to be without makeup. He was with me, but he wanted, like, there were all these stipulations. It was a contract. I don't want no fucking contract. I want a relationship. And for me, it was something that I was like, you know what? This has got to end. I can no longer allow for this person to think that that is what um, my value is. And oftentimes, and this is like no shade, but a lot of these men are fragile, right? They feel some type of way or if they get threatened or they feel like somebody might know, who's to say that he might not get violent with me? That is violence, that's scarcity. So for me, I just feel like I can no longer be in those relationships. I have two trans sisters who were killed in 2015 and 2017. Um, and so for me, I was just like, look, I need to move in a different lane. Yeah. I need to respect and with care and with grace. And, I, and, and there is someone out there who will meet me with that. But I just cannot um, subject myself to that anymore. Um, truly, I couldn't. And, um, you know, sister, there's something about love that I think, for me, starts... At the beginning, to me, love starts at home and I will definitely say I'm someone who like, like up until now, I'm still exploring and I like discovering what does love look like for me? Um, I will definitely say that I did not feel love when I was growing up in my own home. Um, yeah, the parents provide. Yes, our parents provided for us, but it definitely was something that I did not feel loved. And I know that you have a different experience with you and your mom. Uh, I would love for you to talk about that as well. But I think for me, when I see parents like Dwayne and Gabriel Union, like Dwayne Wade and Gabriel Union, like they to me are like they're the future. They are showing us that we, as black parents, we can love our children. We can love our children in any facet, anything. Like, like we love them fully. We do not try to diminish them. We don't try to throw them on the football team. We don't try to buy him extra big pants. We don't try to get them to swag and surfing and dipping and toughing. We don't have to do that. We will allow our children to be themselves. And that, to me, is something that I would, oh. How do and I, I
3: think and I think that that is like the most important part is that we allow our children to be themselves. Like we have to allow them to walk in their own journey, right we can't we can't force or or project what we want their life to be. We have to kind of like let them take that step for themselves in whatever direction. That, that they go and just be there to give them support.
2: You know? Absolutely. I mean, I would definitely say, I think for me, um, my, I equated sex with love as a, teen- uh-huh. as a teenager, you know, as, you know, a little top burrito in my 20s. Um, I thought that that was love, that if we had great sex or that this dude like held me down, or if he like, you know, came through all, you know, throughout the week, you know, that that was love, I was sadly mistaken. Yeah. Um, and it definitely took a while for me to kind of um, de- uh, detach myself from that kind of um, from from that language of love because it wasn't love. I had to actually dismantle it and unlearn those habits uh, because for me, I, I, I really thought that, like, if this person um, showed up for me in this capacity that, like, he would that that meant that somehow that it was love. And my father had loved me. I wish my father said he loved me. I mean, these are things that I'm still waiting on, but whatever. But it's something that I just felt like if for our younger generation, like I think the way that we can start healing in our families, in our communities, is to really just start to love on each other. And, And for that love to really be uh, part of our everyday thinking that love me
3: and do it now. You know, do it now while they're young. You know, don't wait to love on them when they're older. You know, you didn't you didn't did some mistakes and fucked around and did some shit to the child that you wasn't supposed to do, and now you wanna the child 38 years old and you wanna come back and apologize. The child all traumatized and traumatized somebody else and traumatized somebody else because dating the <laughs> don't we don't. As, as black people, we got to stop that motherfucking shit. We, ha- we really got to stop that shit. It is time. That means for all these people out here who know... I read this story. I'm sorry. I read this story, sister. I didn't mean to go off like that. I read this story on Instagram. The lady was talking about how her husband, her it was, it's her husband. The the husband molested the stepdaughter. And the woman is like, the family doesn't want to get the police involved. They want to handle it traditionally. And she's all like, well, I don't know what to do. What do you think I should do? Should I abide by what my family is saying? And and not get the police involved and let's let and let's just handle it traditionally. First of all, first of all, let's unpack this real quick. Yes. You just said that this man is raping your daughter and you are contemplating or not if you should go to the police because of what the family and you know and you know that in the African American community, that shit happens a lot in the household. A child is being molested. Somebody touching on a child, and everybody know, but don't nobody want to say nothing, cause it's like the, we gonna take it to the church. Let the church go to church and pray about it. No, if it's something that's going on, I was always told that it is some. If it's something that's going on in a household, you let somebody know. You let somebody know because that shit can hurt you. That shit can cause trauma. A lot of a lot of what we go through as adults stems off of the shit that we went through as as children from trauma, from unresolved shit that our parents did. And and not to you know blame them, because of course our parents are simply that they're human. So of course humans are gonna make mistakes. But it, it's just. I think that as a, as a race, we got to be a little bit more mindful of the generational things that we do and the things that we've done from generation to generation to generation.
2: Honey, generational trauma is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, um, you know, it's something that I always feel like uh, I've been asking this whole week. Um, like, what are they really afraid of? What are people afraid of? What are people afraid to say? Like, why are they afraid to say I love you? Why are they afraid to embrace us as trans people into the community? Why are they afraid to challenge someone who says something crazy? And I think a lot of times that fear, that fear is something that is learned, that that if we don't follow this path, anything out of the path is like unknown. So because it's unknown, we don't trust it, we don't like it, and we're gonna do everything our To keep it out. And I just really want to challenge people. We can no longer be afraid. Because fear has kept us in the margins. Fear has kept us from loving on each other. Fear has kept us from healing. Fear has allowed for these wounds to perpetuate, to deepen. That is what fear is. Fear does not allow us to grow. Fear stunts our growth. There's no way that my parents, my dad was going to say, I love you. Because his daddy ain't never said, I love you to him. And I did say that.
3: From generation, from generation, from generation, from generation. That's what I mean. We got to, we got to break that. But one thing, one thing though, Queen, that I will say that I have seen a spike in and I'm very proud of my black brothers I have seen a lot of my young black brothers step up to the plate for being daddies. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I have seen I have seen a, a lot of, you know, my young black brothers out there, you know, stepping up even if they're not to, with the baby mama, they still stepping up and being great daddies. No for real. And I and I think, you know, I remember coming up, it was such a it was such a large generation of dad be dads and it's great now to see no for real just just call it a fade and it's like now it's good you know I'm 31 and I can see that generational curve that generational curse kind of lifted. You can see that these young these younger kids out here that's my age, they're really taking care of their kids and that's great. That's good. That's really good. Yeah.
1: Because you uh, know
3: I, I get tired of hearing that the black men don't take care of their children, and black men aren't good dads. I get tired of hearing that, you know? I get tired of hearing that. So I wanna make sure that I give praise what praise is due.
2: Bitch. message, um, there is something that I, it's something that I've been in conversations with folks and friends about, is like, what is it also like for trans men um in terms of their experiences even when they're navigating love um and it's something that i feel like you know sometimes as trans women like we have to also call ourselves in um and like a few of my friends like well you know like there's ways sorry there are moments um where like we kind of like do a disservice to ourselves, but we also don't embrace and fully love on our trans brothers, our trans men. Um, You know, that like somehow we feel that they're not adequate or that they won't, that they're not enough. And I'm like, whoa, first off, um, and this is like, I've had some conversations and I'm just like, we've got to really, like that is still trauma that we're not trying to like push onto somebody else. It's unacceptable, period. like for me, I'm like, I am so open at this And not open like, oh, I'm gonna try, but it's like I am um, desiring true intimacy, true love. Uh, and, and I want for that person to also be as open as I am um, and to understand, look, I don't have all the answers. I'm still navigating, I'm still developing and growing. But I just feel like we also have a responsibility uh, to not exclude, to not diminish, or to not make anyone else feel small. Um, while we're also in this fight together.
3: I agree. I agree. I, we can all... Listen, it is a big-ass table. We can all have a seat at the motherfucking table.
2: Message!
3: It, that's know, just that simple. We can all come sit at the table, niece.
2: You know, it's so funny you say that because uh, I was at a, uh, a woman's march... Uh, In Brooklyn last weekend. It was powerful. It was magical. And it was really affirming to see the range and the beauty of Black women. And Eric Gonda's mother, Gwen Carr, she, um, baby, she said she had, she shared so many gospel truths with us. It was amazing. But one thing that I really, really loved that she said was that. You know, women, we need to be at the table, like you're saying. And if we are not at the table, then we are on the menu. That has stuck with me all week because I'm like, okay, how can we begin to really break that? Um, How do we begin to have opportunities and to see representations and us reflected in positive ways and positive light? that, again, isn't always attached to the trauma, that somehow that we can heal through our love. Yeah. What do you think about that, babe?
3: It's interesting that you say say that. Like, when whenever I hear Black trans woman, right, she's always associated with the trauma. It's never you know they never talk about the black trans joy it's always you know know she's a sex worker and you know the statistics say that they don't live past this age and you know this and you know that and it's just like oh my gosh like could we could we talk about something else like could we could we focus on the liberation of black trans women could we focus on the joy of black trans women like I don't I don't want to I don't want to hear this I don't want to hear your statistics today. Like thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate it, but no, not today. Like give me something else. And you know, I get so sick of that. And I I noticed that um it's done by uh the heterosexual society—they do that a lot, where it's like, oh, the trans—you know, African American trans woman. Well, she's murdered, or she's this, or she's that, and it's like I'm so sick of hearing that negative condemnation. I don't want to hear that because we're—we're. We're, I think we discussed this on our last episode. We're so much more than that. The yeah. trans, the Black trans woman experience is so much more bigger than that. You know,
2: so yeah, Yeah, I mean black trans women are women, period. Period. We are period. We are are healers, right? Like I just feel that like our narrative like we are expansive, just like our community. We are
3: family, we're friends, we're sisters, we're mothers, we're we're daughters, we're best friends, you know, it's
2: and to me, it's like I feel um, we, as a community, really need to come together and stand firmly on it. Uh, like I, like I mentioned last time, like when I see violence um, against trans women and trans men, it just to me it really makes me feel like, like, what are we not doing? Like, what, like, what are we not doing enough? Like, well, why? We we continually have to prove why we matter, why our existence matters. But you think that you're gonna beat it out of me? You will not. You will not and you cannot because I am spiritually fortified and I am made in his vision and his likeness. So I just really feel like I cannot, um, like when those moments happen, it's really upsetting. It's actually heartbreaking. Uh, I keep thinking about Yana Dior and that like, wow, this is a young woman, right, who who was fighting for her life, fighting for her life. She had a, a, a small interview and she said, I was fighting to get back into the store because I knew if they killed me, I wanted it to be on tape. That's what she said. And sister, it's something that I'm just like, we have got to continue. And it's
3: so sad that she said that with so much normal, like, which, like, like, it was just, she said that the way she said that was like, it's normal and it's okay. Like, that's okay. Like, that, that, like, that should be an okay action, you know? And it's not okay for someone to be beaten up like that. Like, that whole that whole situation really made me upset that Ayana Dior situation it really kind of like really made me upset
2: truly and I think for us like for me especially like I um, I want to live in a world where there is black trans liberation where liberation is for our entire community where we are able to hold space we're able to take up space and equally be received, equally be celebrated. I don't want to only be celebrating black and brown trans women when they're gone. When their love and their light has been turned out, when their beauty has been pulled out of this world. I want for us to continue to give reverence and honor to each, of, and, to each and every one of us. Because to me, that is what healing is like. That to me is the definition of healing, right? When when I don't have to think about um, pain, when I don't have to um, feel like someone's gonna harm me, where I can literally walk out of my house carefree, that I don't have to worry about someone being so upset or someone dealing with hatred, someone dealing with their own demons, whatever it may be, but somehow you're bothered by my freedom and you feel that I don't deserve my freedom. I'm here to tell them that I do and I'm going to continue to fight for my freedom. Um, My sister, uh, Deja Smith, who's an incredible artist um, and storyteller, she, She uh, said something this weekend that stuck with me. Um, I think it's very powerful. And I really think that it like kind of really culminates and sums up what we've been talking about, sister. Uh, And it's a, um, a quote that she said, black trans healing is necessary and black trans joy is revolutionary. And when I think about that, it being revolutionary, that our love is enough. Our yeah. love, right, that we can be able to heal without having to put someone else down. I can uplift and celebrate and defend a Black man, but he should also without reservation be willing to fight and defend. And
3: defend me, exactly.
2: But tramp. most
3: of them but, but the problem that we have, the problem that's going on is that most of them are not. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's one of the reasons why you, you didn't see me go out there with Black Lives Matter movement. Because I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of, of getting up and jumping up and whoopling and howling that Black Lives Matter. But... When a trans woman, black lives get killed, don't nobody talk about it. It's ghosts. The white the white community don't talk about it. The black community don't talk about it. Don't nobody talk about it. Don't nobody got shit to say about it when a black transgender woman is murdered. Don't nobody got a motherfucking thing. The, the newsrooms don't got nothing to say about it. The president don't got nothing to say about it. The congresswoman ain't got... Don't nobody got nothing to say. And I'm tired of. I'm tired of it.
2: Message.
3: Arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor.
2: Message. Message.
3: Arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor.
2: Because some of them were out vacationing on the beach. You know, um, sister, I would love to ask you if you don't mind sharing. Um, how are you healing currently? And how would you like to heal moving forward?
3: Currently, I am just doing a lot of self. I'm just doing, I'm just staying, I'm just being still. Ooh! I'm, I'm at a place of stillness. And you know what? It, it took me a while to really understand it because I had to talk to a friend. I had to talk to Willie yesterday. Hey Willie! And, hey Willie! And, um, I'm at a place of stillness and I feel like the universe is telling me that I need to listen. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm at a place of stillness. And that's, that's honestly is, is, is helping me with a lot of healing. My mother's birthday was on Tuesday. So I'm in a place. Normally, around this time, I'm always in that place of just stillness, just listening to the universe and seeing what's next, you know.
2: Wow. Thank you for sharing that, baby. You're welcome, babe.
3: Because I know it's...
2: I love you. I, um, I think for me, honestly, I felt the most healed in the last like three months wh- while we're in a you know national crisis and epidemic but i felt the most healed and that is because i have been reading a lot you know honey i, I just uh, it's like every other morning you know i got i just have to read this james baldwin nikki giovanni tony morrison uh my aunt i mean our ancestors have given us these touchstones, these um, these tools um, to kind of help us. I think explore and investigate how we can get to healing. Um, so for me, I try to constantly um, go back and kind of like re up <laughs> on that knowledge um, and on that um, in that love, because to me, those writers, those thinkers, those creators. They, they were filled with love. They were filled with love for a community that sometimes didn't love on them, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, healing love, I mean, I literally, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, literally in every way possible. I think to me, love is my anthem. Uh, love is my cross and like, love is my sword and my shield. I know that I have got to maintain my love if I'm ever going to heal. Because if I allow for hatred or if I allow for pain, if I allow bitterness to literally get any more uh, space in my body, love will not have enough to help me sustain. So for me, I'm making it an effort, a daily commitment to recite my love, to remember my love and to actually be able to see what, how can I personify love today? Who have I not checked in with? Who's, you know, like, 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 like who can I be of service to? For me, that is something that has really per, uh, propelled me and kind of kept fuel, like has continued to fuel me um, the last three months. And I, I pray that that, that continues, um, I love what you said about stillness because I think oftentimes we just move with such haste that we do not have time to yeah. we exactly. don't have-
3: almost, it's almost like we we just move with the wind we don't really sit still and like feel the wind we're just moving with it
1: Ooh. so
3: Ooh. yeah Ooh. but I think we're wrapping down I think we got like it's time i know is there anything else you want to add sister before we go i love i love talking to you i miss you
2: i'll be um i just want to hold space for you i want to say i love you i want to say i thank you you have been so integral in my life the last three months because You've really showed me that there is love. You've showed me love, um, and 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 you've shown me that there is power in our love. That Black trans women, we are not less than. We are not um, like we like we don't have to um, compare ourselves. We all look. I mean, we all come from different experiences, different backgrounds. We are all beautiful, different shades and hues, but we all possess love. And I feel like you've really kind of anchored that for me, our relationship, our friendship, our sisterhood. Um, truly, I I just wanna just hold space and love on you because that to me has been so important. Um, that to me has been part of my healing because I'm like, wow, I, I didn't know that I could have um, access, right, to a relationship with another trans woman who is so beautiful and like continually uh, teaches me and inspires me, who's an artist. What? Who's a dope artist? So for me, I just love you. I want to hold space for you. And I would love to hold space today as well for the Healing Space podcast. Thank you, Raven. Thank you,
3: Raven. Thank you for that queen. I love you, sister.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Bizu, bizu, bizu. I love you. I love you. I mean, uh, I would just, again, like I said, I just want to challenge our community to fight. To fight for us to heal. To fight for us to find ways to heal. um, For us to coexist. Because we're not going anywhere. Honey, Black trans women and men ain't going nowhere. So, get used to it. Boop, boop. Thank you all for joining Today on the Healing Space podcast, my name is Queen Jean,
3: and my name is Amira Neal.
2: The love and heal everyone. We'll talk to you guys real soon. <laughs> boo
0: boo. Black Gay Stuck at Home every other Friday as we push through this pandemic together. It's simple: bring your snacks, your drinks and get comfy and settle into a one night only screening and live chat of an amazing film that centers black queer folks. It's like watching a movie with your friends and you never know who may stop by. We're building community while decompressing with one another and amplifying the voices of our own. And we're more than excited to partner with the Healing Space Podcast because community care and joy are at the center of how we heal when we are black gay and stuck at home. So find out more about us And when you can catch our next screening at bgsah.com. Now back to the healing space.
1: And now it is time for good news. Thank you again to Amira and Queen for a wonderful and enlightening conversation. I pray that those of you in the Misfit Universe were able to Uh, Not only learn a little bit more about the trans community, but a little bit more about yourself as well. Uh, Also, shout out to Michael Ward, who provided you all with another commercial for uh, Black Gay Stuck at Home. He also happens to be a guest on this current episode of Keep Firing, uh, which is hosted by myself, Daryl Taylor, and Quentin Vinny. Uh, The conversation that we had for the most current episode dealt with the way that black, uh, straight, or cis-hetero men are viewed in our society. And it was a, a good conversation for us to have, definitely. I hope that all of you have an opportunity to check it out. You know, two queer men and two uh, cis-hetero men. Just having a conversation in regards to the part that we believe that uh, black straight men play in regards to the overall black community and you know also the part that each of us play uh when it comes to the, the the betterment of us as a culture. So Keep Firing podcast is on all major podcast platforms and YouTube as well. Also uh this coming week Wrestling While Black is going to have its very first interview. I'll leave it there and once the episode is actually up I'll talk to you guys about who my guest was uh, our very first interview on Rustling Wild Black. Been around for a year and I'm happy that we're going to have our first interview. Um, rustling While Black can be found on Spotify and SoundCloud. And for those of you who aren't familiar, that is my rustling podcast. Uh, definitely please make sure that you all join us this coming Friday for Black A Stuck at Home presents The Skinny, uh, as he, uh, Mike said in the commercial you never know you never know who's going to drop in Uh, Black A Stuck at Home has been honored to have a lot of the creators of the movies that they've shown actually be in the chat room and you know at at the end when the movie is done they have no problem answering questions and you know these a lot of these people are legends who take the time to show up in the chat room for Black A Stuck at Home and it's wonderful being able to Converse with these uh, so many pioneers, you know, um, who opened the door for a lot of us to be able to walk through. And so, definitely make sure you guys join us in RSVP as soon as possible for that. Uh, is there anything that I'm leaving out? Uh, if you'd like to be able to walk with me, that is Scorpio across all major podcast platforms. Uh, for the healing space, that is weartlm.com. Um, uh, and on excuse me I'm sorry I had a brain fart on social media that is THS podcast on Instagram and Facebook and underscore THS podcast on Twitter I believe that's everything I'm hoping I'm not leaving anything out uh, blame it on the mind and not the heart if there was something I was supposed to say and I've forgotten it thank you all so much for listening to the podcast um, make sure that you head over to our YouTube page uh, for the video conversation between Amira and Queen. You can also check out past episodes that are also um, recorded for video purposes uh, like the Black Gay Stuck at Home crew, um, the very last Black Queer and Unapologetic, and the first conversation between Amira and Queen Jean. Um, Again, thank you all so much. I hope that you all have a blessed and amazing rest of the month um and yeah i'll talk to you soon love you namaste